Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm the third squaddy. Even though I'm going second. I'm not going to try a Kevin Hart impression. I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> and I'm Britton. Yes, uh, just a few name generator skips away from Brixton, the <laughs> villain of this movie. Thank you, Tyler, for that joke. Um, I can tell you it's already a very strange thing to talk about this movie and be like, oh, yeah, and then they go and fight Brixton. <laughs> it's, is that a name? Honestly, Honestly, this is one of those movies where none of the names matter, and I would no. just be saying Idris Elba the whole time. I, <laughs> I had never heard of somebody named Britain before I met you, Britain. <laughs> and so it's like they've taken a name that I already was like, oh, that's a really unique name, and then they've just put an X in the middle. <laughs> I'm like, what are you? That is some, <laughs> How did that you... is, that is some real Kingdom Hearts um, n- nomenclature. Yes. <laughs> so what's this character's name? Uh, it's uh, Elena. What if we mixed up the letters and called her Lark Scene? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then what if Mickey had a gun? That's not in that game. I love those games. Um, what movie are we talking about this week, guys? We are talking about Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Here Comes the Sequels Presents Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a little upset and disappointed that this is where we're leaving off with this franchise i really want the f9 i do too i I do agree with that i'm not necessarily disappointed that this is where we're leaving off but i i wish our original plans had been had come to fruition i think it says something that immediately after watching this movie i just rewatched the f9 trailer (laughs) (laughs) that's a thing that happened anyways fast and furious presents the Tyler and Britton show, directed by uh, acclaimed filmmaker David Leach, <laughs> who directed Tyler's favorite film, Deadpool 2. Correct. And he co-directed the first John Wick. Um, he also directed it, Atomic Blonde, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, I fi- I, he's only got th- three movies. I figure we might as well name them all if we're going there. <laughs> uh, from 2019... It has a 67% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and an 88% audience score. And yeah, that's that's roughly what Fate of the Furious had. Sure. Interesting. Um, anyways, uh, Tyler and I already decided that Britain is going first for best and worst things because we don't have answers to these questions. <laughs> Britain, um, go. Hey, it's Britain. Sorry, I was looking hey, up who directed. It is Britain. Who directed John Wick 3? Was that? Oh, it was all Chad Stahelski. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. And I think that uh, I've already forgotten his name. David Leach uh, direct, co-directed but was not credited on John Wick, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. Okay. No, I, I think he's got a directing credit on that. Because I feel like I saw that somewhere and I was confused by that. Hmm. So I thought about making my best and worst just... Going real hyperbolic and saying my best thing is Shaw and my worst thing is Hobbs, <laughs> um, but that's not really <laughs> that's not really fully accurate. Um, so I guess let me start with my worst because it it takes longer to unpack and it's I don't really know like how to quantify it in a statement. My worst thing is gonna be the the whole like. 
just kind of, and this is, I don't know, I feel like I'm going to get thrown into pop culture jail, but it's kind of the Dwayne Johnson of the movie. Sure. Now, and here's what I mean by that. I like Dwayne Johnson. I've enjoyed his movies and all of them in this in, in this franchise. At no point in what I'm about to say am I going to be like, I don't like Dwayne Johnson anymore. That is not true. But this is the first time I've seen a movie with Dwayne Johnson where I felt like it was so cultivated to show us how cool Dwayne Johnson is. And not Dwayne Johnson's playing this character, the point of which is to be like, look how cool this guy is. It's like, even though it is a ostensibly a co-lead movie, it bends so much more towards him. <laughs> not just towards Hobbes, but towards the Dwayne Johnson persona, where he gets the final smack smackdown on uh, Idris Elba, he gets the big speech at the end, even the like scenes between um, Jason Safem and Vanessa Kirby about like their family still have to bend into him getting his realization about we have to I have to go home. It's so heavily weighted towards him, and he is the bigger star, and and the bigger feature in the Fast and Furious franchise. So I, I understand a lot of that, but I, it, it just kind of. I got a little annoyed at how so much of this movie was about how cool he is and how he always uh, – there's always a, a lady that wants him and there's always – like sure. he always gets the best of everybody and, and he is the hero all the time when I feel I would have liked it better if it had been more balanced. And it's not like Statham is treated as like a chump, but – this this it it still it, it felt too tipped and there were several points where I started thinking, I think Dwayne might be buying into his own hype a little too much in this movie and and it may all be obviously this is conjecture and projection and so maybe this was all like I know he and Statham both produced it so like you know again I'm I'm I might be inventing a, a problem here but I, I felt like this movie was so much about that and mm -hmm. it, it kind of bothered me because it felt imbalanced and I felt like the Fast and Furious movies, the standard movies in the franchise balance him with the rest of the cast really well where he is like this great addition and great member of, of the movies but it's not like the Dwayne Johnson show and this felt like Hobbs also Shaw, <laughs> you know sure. and and that kind I, of it rubbed me a little the wrong way and, yeah. and, and really just I think maybe even more than that, it was just the overall alpha maleness of the movie that sure. these uh, these two guys are bickering all the time, and it's all this like muscle flexing contest. And it was I, I very rarely found it funny. I just felt like a lot of the runs of them bickering just kind of dragged too long, and I was mm -hmm. like, I know, I know, I get it, I know, and it it never really felt satirical i never felt like the movie was really making fun of them vanessa kirby has a line where she calls it out but that's kind of it <laughs> it doesn't really stop the fact that yeah. that's all the movie is is these two guys like showing off how endowed or, or you know talking about how well <laughs> endowed they are and how poorly endowed the other one is which is just childish and we got to bring isa gonzalez in so we can show that jason statham can also get a kiss like that felt sure. annoying <laughs> it just and then like which they, one of us can get more kisses from the girls in the schoolyard <laughs> now that movie i would watch <laughs> <laughs> directors in the sandbox presents hobbs and shaw in the sandbox 
and, and I just kind of felt there like there needs to be a, there needs to be a drinking game for how many times The Rock says he's going to shove something either sure. down someone's throat right. or up their butt. And I, and I know a lot of that is referencing his wrestling career, and like, and I don't mind like the fan service. And again, like he's a movie star for a reason, and I and I really enjoy him. But I feel like in this, the movie star brand got in the way for for me, and um, and I just I I, I was annoyed with the conversation about that he and Jason Statham have on the plane about Vanessa Kirby. Um, and she was wearing a sleep mask, so obviously she couldn't hear them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and he start Dwayne Johnson starts off the speech with like, she's a really capable spy. And you know, if she wants me then everything. And I was like, Oh, is this going to be one of those? She's a grown woman. She can make decisions for herself speeches. Nope. It's going to be him using lots of adjectives to describe how big he is and how if she wants to have sex with him, she can over and over and over again. And I was like, that's not a good way to do this. And now it is gross. And I just – all that kind of got in my way. However, the Dwayne Johnson influence is why we got my best thing, which is the last half hour of the movie. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed yeah. all of the – uh, Samoan stuff. I, I liked that scene. Those scenes. I liked those fight scenes a lot. I liked seeing Cliff Curtis come in as his brother. Apparently, Dwayne Johnson was trying to get Jason Momoa for that part, um, which would have been amazing. Hmm. Um, and has you know, Dwayne Johnson has apparently said that it'll happen in another movie, which would be great to see Jason Momoa sure. in a movie like this. Um, <clears throat> Hobbs and Shaw and Aquaman. <laughs> I want Hobbs that. and Shaw and Jason Momoa. And, um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the last, like, I feel like by and large, the action scenes were really good in this. Um, but I really enjoyed all that. Last. I, I, I liked the fight between, uh, Hobbs and Shaw and, and Brixton, um, where it was raining and it was all gray mm. and Brixton kept getting the like calculating incoming trajectory of punch weakness point here. And I was like, this is like if Zack Snyder directed that Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey Jr. And I liked <laughs> both of these things. <laughs> we went into, huh. Um, but yeah, I thought like when the movie just really kicked into like action movie gear, I enjoyed it. You know, it was just the bridges that kind sure. of didn't work. I, <clears throat> not to put words in your mouth. No, but I think I, I don't disagree with you on anything. I don't know if I feel as strongly about the the Dwayne Johnson stuff with you, but I do f- sort of feel like this movie is basically um, sticking Jason Statham in a Dwayne John- Johnson uh, CGI fest of the of the week, like a, your San Andreas or your Rampage or something along those lines. Sure. What, what's the one where, where it's uh, Die Hard, but uh, it's dumb? Skyscraper? Skyscraper, yeah. Is that the name of it? Is that what you're thinking of? Um, yes. I feel like it's very much one of those until it finally remembers it's a Fast and Furious movie in the last 30 minutes. <laughs> right, and then, right. And then we're... Oh, that's... that. Yeah, that's that's a very good way to describe the, it. I feel. Yeah, then we're, we're helicoptering with a chain of cars off a cliff trying not to fall off and... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're having uh, uh, Jason Statham and Dwayne Johnson are being like, "You're my brother. I got your back. Got your back, <laughs> yep. brother. I'm gonna family, do it, brother." Family. family. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I um, and and, and maybe the the Dwayne and Johnson. Then they thing. just started making out. Yeah, it was it was weird. <laughs> Turns and, out and, the <laughs> real kiss <laughs> was the friends we made along the way. 
Yeah, and I, and I do think that. I mean, I, I obviously I I do see the Dwayne Johnson thing. Like I said, maybe the extent of my the the, the passion of that feeling was just like where I happened to be that day when I watched it, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, like, I may watch it a second time at some point and go, oh, okay, I still see it, but it doesn't bother me as much. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Well, also, real and quick, I think... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go ahead and do that, because I was... Gonna I was going to say, uh, Sky, Scri- Skyscraper was directed and written, so this is like an auteur situation, mm-hmm. um, by someone whose name is Rawson Marshall okay. Thurber. <laughs> Rawson Marshall Thurber. All right. I'm on board. Um, well, at least the movie had a script. <laughs> hey, this is my this is my son. His name is Rawson. I love him. My beautiful boy. Yeah. The, the, All that's missing was an X. The wife said no. That's what his dad Raw tells you when he comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's it. This Rawson. <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice man. I don't want to make fun of him. But that's a silly name. Um I, I do feel like to that point about it being sort of a, a Dwayne Johnson like what am I what am I fighting this week I'm fighting a tower all right sounds right. good put me in there uh, a big big crocodile yeah sounds good robot eat um, Elba? okay why not <laughs> yeah basically I feel like that could explain a little bit of what you're talking about in terms of the Dwayne Johnson transformation mm. I think there's probably a bit of that where they're like okay now you're like your build your your you know. It's not a, a team-up movie. You're one of the stars. You can really play this up. And I feel like he went into that mode a little bit of like, oh, now I'm the, I have to do action hero Dwayne Johnson. Sure. Like, as opposed to kind of interesting, nuanced character Dwayne Johnson. And I still, I, I don't hate him in this movie. No, no. Needs. Um, but I, I see where you're coming from. I think there's, perhaps it is possible to have too much Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, and I think it was just like the the specific ways in which it was influencing what I thought was going to be a more evenly balanced two-hander. Mm-hmm. Ross and Marshall Thurber directed Dodgeball. Okay, that's all I have. There we go. Okay. I can I have respect for that. All right. <laughs> Maybe we should review Skyscraper. <laughs> I, I right. really hoped you were going to go, maybe we should review Dodgeball. And I'd have been like, yeah, I can go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so have I given... And then I can tell everybody about how the ending is terrible. Yes, because um, Tyler has a magic, like, whenever he finds an ending he doesn't like, he immediately fixes it. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> this has happened, like, three or four <laughs> times from things we've watched. It's a superpower. Yeah, it's weird. I don't have any uh, suggestions for Game of Thrones. So the... <laughs> um... <laughs> What do you want to go? Do you want? I can come up with something. You're oh, I've I've on. got my stuff. I can go ahead and go. All right, do it. Um, my my best thing is going to be Vanessa Kirby. Mm. Um, okay. Obviously, she was a lot of fun in Mission Impossible Fallout, and uh, I was kind of excited to see what she'd be in next. And then she's in this. Um, I don't know. I I thought she was the only one that was well balanced in terms of trying to sure. be funny, but also being serious and having some pathos. I thought all the other characters were pretty one-note, uh, Hobbs and Shaw included. Um, I, sure. I kind of agree with Britton. This is a case where you remove the team dynamic from Fast and Furious, and you're basically just telling uh, The Rock and, and Jason Statham, Hey, the, the movie's completely on your shoulders. Well, what kind of story we got? Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I generally don't... With, with, there are a lot of action movies where I don't mind if the story is just to prop up action scene prompts. Um, right. And so ultimately I don't really mind that the story wasn't strong, but it is, 
odd to be like we we're building a story on two established characters. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be a great story, but I thought it would be a little yeah. more engaging. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's just strange because a lot of plot elements that I thought should have been powerful just weren't. Like the fact that Vanessa Kirby ends up being the sister in the Shaw family, which mm. I guess is why I was confused about Charlie's Theron in the last movie. It's an interesting point mm-hmm. Britain, or uh, Tyler brought up in our little group chat. Um, but but it ends up like I, I feel like she could have just been a, a brand new character that had no relation and it wouldn't have made any difference. But um, yeah, I guess Vanessa Kirby's just a really good actress and she really yeah she knows what she's doing so. I kind of want her to be in something a bit better than this. Um, you should watch the. Crown. Maybe she'll show up in the next Mission Impossible if that ever was, comes out. Yeah, I think she's supposed to. Okay, I think I think they've said that she's going to come back for that. Well, good. So, good. I, I first discovered her on The Crown, which the Netflix series. She's go. in the first two seasons of that as Princess Margaret, and she's amazing in that. Mm-hmm. Neat. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, so, I, I I would be curious to see her in something that's that's not just like a big action franchise thing. So maybe I should check that out. Yeah, she doesn't um, get a lot. There, there are times that she gets kind of shafted, but like in season two, she gets I think two episodes that are almost entirely focused around her. And in both of those episodes, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So why doesn't she have nine Emmys? She's so good, right? Mm. Um, yeah. What's your? Well, uh, it, it is it is interesting because I, I feel like if her character showed up in one of the actual Fast and Furious movies, like I'd be like, okay, I I think she could fit in with the group dynamic. Great, yeah. oh, that'd be fun. I, just add I'd her to, to the team. Why not? Um, what's your worst thing? This movie felt super by the numbers and obligatory in basically every single aspect. Villain <laughs> plot. Um, the fact that it just relies on The Rock and Jason Statham, and, and I feel like the director is constantly yelling at them off screen, hey, be funny, we've got nothing else in this movie. Um, the action scenes are competent for the most part, but I was mm-hmm. not excited by any of them. None of them had any weight. We are fully leaning in on, on the lack of physics and consequence to action <laughs> that is part of the Fast and Furious movies, but I thought it was even worse here. Um I'm fine with the, that. The though. only scene, the only action scene that I really liked was was the one on one fight, or I guess two on one fight at the end where they were, yeah, because that that just had some some good uh, cinematography. Um, everything else just fell very flat for me. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the action scenes just take place in like dull gray environments, um, with or on the side of a building. CG. What was that? Or on the side of a building. I didn't think it looked good, though. I thought the CG was pretty poor, and, and the green screen, especially when it's showing them running down the building, I thought it was pretty bad for a, for a big-budget movie like this. I don't know. Um, they were fighting gravity and men. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Um, yeah, like, none of it really, really connected for me in any did way they, and it, it was did they bring in uh Afonso Cuaron to <laughs> advise on that oh um, yeah I would actually love that and there's also like a Jamaican shrunken head and you're like Alfonso we tried to tell you <laughs> no, no 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 it's gonna Not... work it's gonna work this is the reason Roma didn't win best picture is because of the five minute scene with the talking Jamaican head that's what it was missing um yeah it, it was just disappointing because Faye the Furious I was like okay this is what I'm talking about in terms of action sequences. Go nuts. And then this movie feels like 
it's 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 a little tepid about trying to get nuts yeah. until you get to the end and it's like oh there's a cg helicopter let's throw a bunch of you know let's let's stack cars on top of each other and just mm-hmm. throw chains around it <laughs> i'm like that's cool in theory i don't think it looks very good sure. so where's the balance for you in going nuts and ignoring physics because i'm not saying you you can't like I feel like this. No, movie no, I'm, does I'm saying both. if yeah. if you are going to to ignore physics, then go nuts. I don't think this movie goes nuts enough with okay. the action yeah, okay. sequences. And I would agree. I don't want to just like keep bashing David Leach, but this is kind of the problem we had with Deadpool two, where a lot of the action mm-hmm. sequences in that fell flat. And I'm expecting more from one of the guys who who co-directed the first John Wick. Although maybe it says something that the action sequences in the sequels to John Wick that he didn't direct continue to up the ante. Where, sure. I mean, I haven't seen uh, Atomic Blonde, so maybe I'm speaking out of turn. Um, I, I maybe it's just he's not good with with digital effects and kind of the bigger mm-hmm. budget stuff. Maybe he's better with one on one stuff, which would explain the ending. Um, yeah, well, when, it, yeah, when it comes I'll, down I'll, to just like crafting physical stunts with yeah. stunt men and cars and guns and stuff, which is what John Wick yeah. is built on. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, just like none of the set pieces, like if you're, like I said, if you're going to do something crazy, like the rock is, he jumps off the building and he's grabbing the guys as they're running down the building, like make it look good, (laughs) make it look flashy, have some, have some good shots, (laughs) use your digital effects to help you. And and, and, like all of it fell flat for me. I was bored for most of the movie, unfortunately. Sure. So, um, I'm going to kind of uh, piggyback off of that for my worst thing. Um, and I think I'm just going to summarize my worst thing is the Deadpool 2-ness of it all. <laughs> um, I, I I come out of this of two minds about David Leach, and I'll talk about that with the my best thing. <clears throat> but I definitely think it has a lot of the same problems that we had with that one, where I think there's uh, it's really trying to rely on the performances and on, like, Oh, aren't these guys? They're they're so crazy. They're t- we haven't even mentioned the fact that Ryan Reynolds shows up, um, and I, <laughs> and he's, I like, found he's there. Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart super distracting in this. Sure, mostly because they just told them, "Hey, just say funny things." Like Ryan Reynolds is ad libbing all of that dialogue. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying is that they basically were just like, "All right, uh, camera's pointing, say funny things." Yep, just roll. And I think sometimes it worked. I, I enjoyed some of their like. Back and forth. Yeah. I, I like some of the the Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham uh, frenemy stuff going on. Yeah, I liked some of it. Um, I, 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 think I, it just, I, I think it just ran too long. Oh, I, I agree. Exactly. I think that should have happened like once, and then they get over it. Because that's exactly was, what I'm wasn't saying. Wasn't that the last movie? They were yelling at each other, yes. and then they got over it. <laughs> Isn't that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's yeah. There, there's a lot of just trying to continually push to like squeeze every last bit of comedy they can get out of something. And it's not really in a comedic setting. It's just, Oh, these, these people are funny. So we can make them do funny things right. and say funny things. Uh, there's I, the, again, there is stuff that made me laugh at this movie, but it's not, I wouldn't say it was like, I, I don't even think it was as funny as Deadpool two, um, which is a movie that I had a lot of problems with again. And I think there's that element as well as the fact that, it feels like Leech or maybe the screenwriter, whoever, did not know how to take Leech's strengths and apply that mm. to a big blockbuster movie. Now, it very much feels like we're having a lot. We have a, f- a handful of hand-to-hand fights that I think are, are pretty fun. There's um, the 
bit with the two doors. I think that's a great little like sure. sequence. I, I really, really enjoy it. It is a weird thing though, because that happens like around the half half halfway yeah. mark. Um and that was like in the trailers. I was expecting that to be the beginning of the movie. Like we show up and they're like they're <laughs> just on a mission. And like that would be the, probably, the opening yeah. titles or whatever. Probably would have been better. The cold open. Um Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Uh but I think that sequence is great. We'll get into that. Um but like uh, I, I, I should amend my There's statement. A... That that was the other action sequence, which once again is, is just physical yeah. choreography and stuff. Exactly. Although I feel like it was edited better in the trailer. Like I remember it being a lot funnier in the trailer. Maybe I'm crazy. Continue, Tyler. Um, but there's uh, a lot of pretty solid hand-to-hand fighting. I mean, obviously he's he's talented at that. He knows what he's doing with that. And I feel like whenever things got bigger than that, uh, there, there wasn't much. I don't know. It wasn't very dynamic. No. Like I'm thinking of them breaking out of the, uh, the whole factory area. Oh sure. Um, they kind of like they're driving a, a a car around and they're smashing it through buildings and everything. But there's something I don't know if it's the way it's shot, if it's the way it's played. But there's something about it that's just not as like, and maybe it's because we've already seen it in the other Fast and Furious movies. It's like we've we've seen a car drive off a, a big building and land on another building. Like do, do something more exciting. You're not even 300 feet up in the air. Um, I think it's it, it might just be the color correction. I, I I could be wrong, but a lot of it just felt like really flat and gray. Like remember the sequence in in, in the seventh movie where they're you know in their Burj Khalifa or whatever, and they're they're going between buildings. Yeah. Remember how colorful that was and how mm-hmm. how how poppy and vibrant it was. I don't know. Well, I think that is fair, but is also more of a problem for you. Where I think I'm more stuck on like the choreography because yeah. like even though it's CG, you still have to. You still have to. You have to it, know yeah. how to work this. Right. I, um, I think there's also I, a difference between watching military pseudo sci-fi machines do this stuff and watching cars do that stuff. Mm-hmm. The Fast and the Furious mm-hmm. movies, and they're souped up, tricked out cars. You know, um, sometimes Vin Diesel has an extra pair of wheels sticking out the <laughs> exactly. back. You never know. You never know what that. Guy. Like it's it's. Not so, but it is all founded in we found some cars, and yeah. this is essentially science fiction, and I'm fine with that, but because it's that weird line of you're not watching a full-on science fiction like a Blade Runner deal, those aren't action movies, but you know what I mean, but it's also not, I don't know. It, it, it's like if you were watching a Fast and Furious movie set in the Ant-Man movies. <laughs> Honestly. And you're like, I don't, I don't want a movie set in the Ant-Man movies if you're going to do Fast and Furious. <laughs> I want it to be set in the Avengers. Right. Or like, well, and, and you know, I, th- I want to go all out. That here. exact uh, scene you're talking about, Tyler, with the, the, the car and, and everything. I remember watching that and being like, I like this. I should like it more. Yeah. Is it me? <laughs> yes. Why don't I like this more? Is something wrong with me? Um, <laughs> you know, and it, it was just, it's not bad, but it, yeah, it was something about like, yeah. why is it, I, I know exactly what this is promising, but it's not delivering it. But it, yeah, it was this weird little imbalance thing. Yeah. I think to be fair to the movie, we should mention there's a good jump in there. Yeah. Vanessa Cubby, Kurt Cubby, <laughs> Vanessa Cubby, <laughs> Vanessa Rocky. Cubby, Vanessa Rocky. Cubby. Ah! Does a good jump. Uh, she does a real good jump. She jumps off the little car, and, and Dwayne Johnson does a big, like, mm-hmm. 
I think he does like a hand. Yes. Yeah, like a, like the thing they do in Predator where they like clap the hands together yeah. or whatever, but he does that with the... And Elba's coming anyway, up behind um, her and misses her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, like I, I think a lot of that, and I, I think the final set piece with the big helicopter and the cars is fun enough that it kind of sells itself and works on its own. But I do agree that I don't think they do much with it. They kind of, it's like, oh, they're dragging it towards the the cliff. What's going to happen? Yeah. It felt like they and were almost, dragging it for like ten minutes. <laughs> well, I was going to say I didn't think it went long enough. Oh. I feel like it would have been better for it to be like if they they fell off and then the helicopter's like, Oh, what's happening? And everyone's freaking out. Cause they're all dangling down these cars. And it's like, Oh, what's going on? I don't know. Like, I think that would have been more, it was a very fun, ridiculous scene, but I, I think it's not, it doesn't do much with it. It's just like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Um, and then Dwayne Johnson summons the sub from the last movie. <laughs> <laughs> it just hooks onto the front car. Like, what's, uh, what's, what's strange. Well, first off, it's the same writer that we've had since Tokyo Drift. I think yeah. he had a co-writer on it as well, but uh, it's the same guy. Yeah, Drew um, Chris Pierce, Morgan. I believe. Let me look. Let me see. It's just interesting because I feel like the script tries to throw in touches to improve the action sequences and make them a bit more exciting. Like the fact that Dwayne Johnson's family got, like his mom got rid of all the guns, so all they can yeah, yeah. rely on is, is their, their older like weapons, like swords yeah, and yeah. stuff. Um, but then you remember like, Wait, haven't they just been using, like, sticks and stuff in, in the past several action sequences? Like, it's not all been gunplay. I feel like right. yeah. that that final scene where they're they're doing battle without guns would be a lot more powerful if the other action sequences had been gun battles. Sure. But half of them aren't. Yeah. Most of them are fist fights. Most of them are fist fights. Um, or or, or uh, that, that hallway fight. They... Jason Statham and Dwayne Johnson say something like, oh, we can't be shooting in here or something. Yeah, so yeah. there's a, there's a bit where Jason Statham's like grabbing sticks and hitting the guards with them, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. kind of steals the thunder from the final fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, um, the co-writer on hmm? this, um, Drew Pierce, he made uh, Hotel Artemis, wrote and directed that, but he also um, let me find it here. He wrote the screenplay to Iron Man three. Oh no! <laughs> he also had the story, so that, so that would explain why it was boring, flat, and the humor was weird. He also did the story, not the screenplay, the story for Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Okay, that's. I think Christopher McQuarrie came in and kind of helped with last-minute rewrites on that, Rogue. and was uncredited. But that is, oh my, it's like. <laughs> The stars are aligning for Tyler. He's under... Yes. Like, the, his cosmic awareness has increased tenfold. <laughs> yes. Um, I do not like Iron Man 3. I uh, like it more than this Almost movie. as much Tony as Stars I don't 3, like please. Deadpool 2. Um, so maybe this is, <laughs> this is... It's all making sense now. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't hate this movie, but I, I, basically that is my worst thing, is I think there's... It, it, it very much, I think, wants to, to have that Deadpool kind of feel. I think there's a lot of reliance on cg uh much in the same way the deadpool 2 kind of is just like i don't know it's juggernaut isn't that isn't that enough (laughs) are we good we did it right having a fight between juggernaut Um, and colossus even though it doesn't look very good you like this right yeah yeah um and i feel like it's kind of the same thing here it's like you can tell he's much much more comfortable with the hand-to-hand stuff um which does bring me to uh finally my best thing uh 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this a real vague so I can say it's whatever I want it to be. But I'm gonna actually say the not the style in terms of like the look of the movie even necessarily, but I think just the overall style in terms of like filmmaking and in terms of the uh, soundtrack as well. Mm. Um, this is I your think best that- thing. Yes, I'm, I told you I'm making it vague so I can say it's whatever I want it to be, and then I'm going to explain what it is, and then you're going to be like, okay, that makes sense. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for it to come back around. My point is, there's, I think, quite a few fun attempts, at least, um, and it, this includes, I think, the final fist fight, at trying to do these kind of interesting dual uh, beat-em-ups. Uh, because, like, the, the early on, you get a few different scenes where we're um putting like we've basically got two cameras we've got like there's i think when Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham first see each other they're we're seeing both their faces at the same time um and they're looking at each other but like it's it's this the screen is split in half and they're both like yelling at each other and they do a little bit of that during some of the fight scenes early on um there's the fight scene where they've got the uh, Dwayne Johnson trying to take down Vanessa Kirby at the 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 base of this this skyscraper, and then we're jumping back between that and between uh, Jason Statham doing a fist fight with some guys in Vanessa Kirby's old apartment. And again, that hallway fight I think is fun. Basically, I think that there's a good bit of interesting ideas in terms of how they tried to make this movie and try to make it like a dynamic. Oh, this is like a buddy cop movie, so we gotta like we're, we're doing different things with both of them. And so, like, obviously that door sequence, which I said I loved, um, where they both go up to the door. And then, first of all, there's a good gag at the beginning where Dwayne Johnson's like, uh, hey, which door are you going for? And Jason Statham's like, I'm going to do this door. And he's like, no, that's my door. What are you doing? And Jason Statham's like, why are you this way? Um, and then they, uh, he, they go and check, and, they're, and Jason Statham realizes, oh, there's a bunch of guys behind my door. Um, this is actually your door. And Dwayne Johnson's like, you got a bunch of baddie, baddies back there? Oh, too bad. And they go in and Dwayne Johnson just like punches one guy in the face and he's done. And then Jason Statham has to do this whole big battle while they're looking back and forth at each other and making faces and stuff. I think there's a lot of creative stuff there in the fights and the fact that the final fight is literally they have to use each other's faces as shields in order to get hits in on Idris Elba after he's already beat them up for 30 seconds. It's great. It's dumb and it's exactly what I was hoping the rest of this movie would be. Um, and like you were saying, Britain, there's like... He's like zooming in with his his bionic eyes, and he's seeing like, oh, there's here's where the threat's coming from, and oh no, I hit this threat. Why is there another threat? And like, it, there's I think there's a lot of fun stuff with that. Um, specifically, not in terms of the way it looks exactly, because like you said, the color correction is not very good. Um, but I just think that, and pretty much any time the CGI is used as like a big heavy element in a scene, doesn't really work that well. But I think when he's actually just filming in his element, some guys beating up on each other, there's some good stuff there in terms of the actual style there. And I also, I like the soundtrack. Um, it's not like your your Guardians um, or, or something like that, where they've assembled this just perfect tone collection Shrek, of songs. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's sort of my point, is that I think that it, I mean, it works kind of in the same way as like your some of the other Fast and Furious movies have done, um, where basically it's it's you know modern songs. It, there's not really any that you would probably have heard of if you're. I mean, at least if you're, I guess, our demographic. I don't know. We're well, very, like, 
out of touch, I think, with music in general. <laughs> I have um, one quibble, but go on. Sure. Um, but I, I, I appreciated the fact that it was, like, there's quite a few songs that play over the course of this movie. And at no point did I ever really... <laughs> this is gonna... If it sounds like I'm trying to stretch for a best thing, it makes sense because I don't have a ton of best things about this movie. But I appreciated the fact that I never really noticed the soundtrack as, like, something jarring or, like, confusing. And you might, you guys might have a different opinion. But for me, I felt like, oh, they've just got some songs that, you know, they felt fit the tone of this movie. And they put them in there and it worked. As opposed to your Suicide Squads or your Aquaman, <laughs> whatever the... What is what's the song that is that plays in the oh, of Africa. Aquaman that is just it's yes well, it's, but it's like a, it's not Africa but they use the chorus of Africa as like a remix and it's a pitbull song and it's just the worst yes um and uh, yeah it, it, I felt like this movie just was like oh we've got some songs we want to play here and we're just gonna like have those scattered throughout the movie as opposed to um. I mean, Suicide Squad is obviously the worst option in recent memory, but I feel like we've had a lot of movies on this uh, podcast that have not, have like tried to sort of emulate what Guardians did and have failed horribly since Guardians came out. Um, and so I like that this is just, yeah, we've just got some music. And also, um, if I'm not mistaken, the score is Tyler Bates, is it not? Mm-hmm. Yes. Who did the score for the Guardians? And I noticed oh. it's not like a score that I think I'll go back and listen to, but. I noticed it popping up a couple of times, and I was like, "I see you. It's, it's solid, it's solid work. Good. You got you got some good money for that, and you you earned it." <laughs> My um, no, so yeah, I think that uh, th- basically to summarize what I mean by style, I think that there's some creative stuff in here that I was like, "Okay, I can get behind why you gave this movie to this man and these creative people." Um, you know, there's stuff I enjoyed in it. It's it's a lot of small details. There's there's really not much in terms of a best thing that I was like, oh, that was something that really stood out for me and carried the movie for me. There's just like, I'd be watching the movie and be, be kind of bored, and then I'd be like, oh, hey, I like that. That was neat. And then we'd go back to being kind of bored and maybe chuckling occasionally. My only quibble... It's not a ringing endorsement. <laughs> ...with the soundtrack was the cover of Time in a Bottle. The That is true. I, I meant I, to mention that, that yes. That, genuinely upset me <laughs> it was i like that song. you know why they did it though well, well what's see, even worse is that they play it at the beginning and the end like they true. bookend the movie with it well i just yeah that was that not the song i don't like the way it sounds as a song yeah true i think it's a bad cover and at first when i was listening to it and i was like he said time in a bottle i was like okay if this is a play on jason statham i'm in and then I realized, <laughs> oh no, you want to do this. You sure. want, and then you start screaming it in the. Oh God, yeah, I just yeah. wasn't. I didn't like that. I so, I thought the, I thought it was very bad as well. But otherwise, but I was gonna say, you, you know, you know why they did a cover? Hmm. Because, because we'd be ripping off X Men uh, Days of Future Past. Yes. <laughs> they should have chosen uh, a different song entirely, but that's why they did no. A cover they should have gone full full Suicide Squad. Just steal the song wholesale. <laughs> Who cares? I I went through this chain of and and that's the reason I didn't even think of it when I was talking just then because I went through this chain of just like oh 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 okay all right putting that out of my mind moving on <laughs> and just like I forgot that that dismissed was in it Days of Future Past but you're right because that was like the the iconic scene yeah or one of the iconic oh yeah I forgot that, that was the song past. so it was Sweet Dreams in yeah. the third one right 
In Apocalypse? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it, it, it had like no thematic rev- relevance to anything that was going on. <laughs> um, I had a problem with the way the movie was edited in a lot of places, and I, that that includes the, the music as well. I, I thought this, this movie was just like, every few minutes, just throw in a song. Just throw in a song. It doesn't matter if it fits. Just throw in a song. I found it very distracting. Um, sure. Follow your dreams. It, it, it was not... <laughs> like tear your hair out like suicide squad editing but yeah. whenever they're flashing back to Vanessa Kirby and Jason Statham's like tricks that they would play their their little yeah. criminal acts when they were kids and they would pop up the title like a suicide squad character was being introduced and I'm like you only do that like twice it's not even like a a, a real strong yeah. thematic thing <laughs> much like suicide squad yes um and then the typical Alex complaint in terms of an action movie, I noticed a lot of sped up footage during the action sequences, and that drove me <laughs> up the wall as well. So along with me thinking the set pieces weren't even that crazy, they also pulled that cheap trick. So <laughs> not gonna not gonna affect everyone, but it affects me. Uh, I found the Wikipedia page for the song All Star, so I'll see you guys at the end of the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do this right now. I really shouldn't do this right now. We were talking about overused songs in movies, and I was like, how many song movies actually used that song? Turns out only seven. Not It was not as ubiquitous as people thought. One of them was Inspector Gadget. Um, and then amazing. it was Rabbit Hole. Um <clears throat> What did you guys think about our extended cameos by Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart? I thought they were very distracting. See, I found them distracting, but also they made me laugh, <laughs> which was same. Like same. Kevin Hart, I was not, like, oh, not like is, every line I made me laugh, this. but like Kevin Hart has a bit where he was like, "And you have my number, right? You have everything that you need from me. Okay, well, I'm going to give you my mom's number, too, because if you can't get me, she usually can. <laughs> I thought that was good. And that was clearly a, um, hey, you guys, ad lib. And Ryan Reynolds is a very funny person, and Kevin Hart is a comic. Like, So they were both like, oh, okay, I, could, I can riff for a little while. And yeah, yeah. It's not gold, but like... And obviously, I assume they were both pulled for Ryan Reynolds for knowing David Leach, and then Kevin Hart for knowing Dwayne Johnson. They were just like, all right, we can get these guys. They'll be funny for a scene. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um... <clears throat> I thought, uh, yeah, there were a couple bits that Ryan Reynolds did that made me laugh. They were they were doing the thing about him being like thinking that he was Dwayne Johnson's best friend and Dwayne Johnson not really. That was kind of weird. Well, and see, this is again but, what I was talking about, where like everybody has to be obsessed with him. Yes. And I found it a little annoying um, in the hallway fight where Jason Statham fights a bunch of guys, Dwayne Johnson one punch man's a guy. But I think it was more like individually those things don't bother me. But when I surround it by the rest of the movie, I was like, okay, can we just for a minute? I mean, to be fair, that I think that's supposed to be a counterbalance to the scene where they're running down the side of the building. And Jason Statham's just like, I'm going to use the elevator. And, and oh, the fair. rock just okay. hurls himself off the side. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. That makes sense. So I, I, the, I think um... there's a bit more of a counterbalance, but I do agree. I think this is very much leaning on on Dwayne Johnson's shoulders more so than Jason yeah. Statham and maybe that's a mistake. True. Yeah, and I think Dwayne Johnson is and we is very funny and he yes, but I, I do wonder like the fact that he's not a side character. I I wonder just mm. how much that's hurting the movie. Well, and I think also the fact that 
this movie doesn't have a strong comedic script to begin with. Like, right. He's, I, I, he's funny in the, the Jumanji. Um, I haven't seen the next level, but the Jumanji, the first of the new Jumanji, he's funny in that because that's a funny script. And he's been funny in the fast five and the other fast and furious movies. And like he yeah. ad libbed that line about Tyrese's forehead. And that was hilarious. But like, right. I don't know that that immediately equates to Joanne Johnson can ad lib in a scene and he can just make comedy. Sure. Um, and I think Statham can be funny. You know, again, his eyebrows work super hard. Not quite Amelia Clark levels, but they work pretty hard. Mm. Um, right. Ryan Reynolds did have the one the one joke I, I wanted to throw out there where um, he calls Dwayne Johnson in the middle of the movie and he's like, "Hey guys, or hey, I'm sitting back at the diner that we uh, we ate at. Uh, this is great. It's so weird to be here without you guys, though." And it's like, yeah, they ate there once. I thought that was good. There, there's a. I think it's. I almost want to bring back our our Michael Bay ratio. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, I don't remember when we introduced that or which episodes that came in. Uh, it might have been the very during the original Transformers run that I believe we so started this podcast with. Um, but we talked about the fact that like with every Transformers movie, there's a certain number of jokes that work, and it's it's usually like one out of five, one out of ten, maybe more. <laughs> and I feel like you could almost bring that back for this, where it's like. There's so much ad-libbing, there's so much attempt to, to force humor into the movie that uh, it feels as if maybe one out of uh, three or four jokes lands yeah. works at all. <laughs> well, and I think um, it, it definitely misunderstood the pacing of like a buddy, mismatched buddy comedy. Where like, yeah, in the great buddy comedies, like they bicker and then by the end of it, they're friends. But that doesn't mean that we just take breaks for them to fight with each other for a long time. Sure. And then, like, that's not... I don't know. It It never really felt like... I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, a really good... But I haven't, I haven't seen the Lethal Weapon movies, so I don't know about those. Mm-hmm. At least they didn't have the moment at the end of the second act where they're like, we're not working together a- anymore. Sure. And then they walk True. away for 20 minutes and they're like, all right, we're a team again. At least yeah. they don't have that. But just going... I do like... Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, going off of that, there is the bit where uh, Jason Statham tries to lose Dwayne Johnson in the, at the airport by like oh, hijacking yeah. his uh, his his passport, mm-hmm. and then Dwayne Johnson makes his way on the plane anyway, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, that didn't take as long as he thought it would, did did it? Uh, that's because I'm nice to people, or something <laughs> right. along those lines." I thought that was good. I, I do um, like because the, the it basically they, they give Dwayne Johnson a funny dirty name and he's just like i sure. go by michael <laughs> and when they're, they're arresting he's like i go by michael <laughs> yeah. i like that um but jumping back to ryan reynolds real quick i think the problem is he was playing deadpool like i i was just yes. expecting him to pull over the Correct. deadpool mask like just the way he was telling his jokes like it was just the deadpool shtick there was well, nothing at, the, else at this point to it. It, is deadpool playing ryan reynolds i mean <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have to ask. My point is, if this had been a secret crossover with the X-Men movies, I would have been a lot happier about it. Sure. I'll leave it at that. It It is funny that you mentioned that, because I do sort of feel like uh, that scene that you first meet Ryan Reynolds in uh, is a pretty good endorsement for uh, how, why he should show up in the MCU. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like that was a good, like... Just seeing this and being like, that's basically Wade Wilson, and he's uh, talking to yeah. 
a character that we've already had established, and it's kind of funny. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I think with both Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart, I just found it really distracting, and that was that was preventing me from finding a whole lot funny. I think with Ryan Reynolds, it was just he's doing his same shtick, and I'm like, just put on the Deadpool costume, please. Just yeah, might as well. Or do some kind of different performance. Try and be slightly different. He's doing the exact same thing. With Kevin Hart, it's more just the circumstances of how he shows up in the movie. Hmm. He's literally just an air marshal that's sitting in front of him <laughs> on the plane, and he turns around. And he's like, "Man, you, you look like you're with SAS, and you're like a spy or whatever." <laughs> Well, and, and like, okay, I do weird. like that they both immediately peg him as the air marshal. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a fun bit. I think that, that was fun, like, but it, it was just like there's no other purpose other than oh, we need to yes. give them resources to cross borders to get yeah, yeah. get to Dwayne Johnson's home later. But at the same time, if they've got to do that, at least they went well. What's a what's a what's a way we can do this? Oh, you know what? We'll have an air marshal. Oh, well, let's bring in Kevin Hart. That that kind of works. Yeah. I, I just really don't care for stupid conveniences like that. That I sure. find that really forced. Almost like if Kevin Hart was just like the dopey guy who's trying to track them down for the whole movie. Like I'd be okay with that if he's kind of our generic government man. Like I don't know. Or or if it were like a a blink a a brief a briefer cameo where he's in one scene just like, Hey guys, keep it down and then that's it. Yeah. I I think that if this movie were Parasite um then I would <laughs> Hold up. then I would agree about Wait. the dopey convenience thing, but it's Hobbs and Shaw, so I feel like eh, whatever gets <laughs> okay. you where you're going. That's but th- thought... the weird thing is that that kind of stuff didn't distract me in the other Fast and Furious movies. I think this one, it feels so paint by numbers and so we just gotta get another one out there because the because the rock needs his check. Like I do I, stuff I, I do like that like you've caught said... my attention a lot more. I feel like you've said paint by numbers in a lot of these movies, though. Yeah, but this one especially is just like we're putting everything on our two leads and then being like very meticulous about not letting any of that paint run over the lines. <laughs> it's colors are spot on. I mean, we're mixing them with the exact proportions that the manual says to use. It's, <laughs> if, I mean, at least the... the last movies, like they had some interesting MacGuffins. This one is just. Uh, Topical, we won't get into this very much, but it's a virus that can kill everyone. Sure. I'm like, that is the most generic... Like, that's a Bond plot from 1979. <laughs> like, we've done yes. this. Do something else. Do, do you think that... Because I had this thought. I, I, and I said, I, I don't mind paint by number stuff if... Like, what what is the movie really hanging its hat on? It's action sequences, and in this case, like you said, it's hanging your hat on these two leads. Do you think if the script had been stronger and served those leads better... It would bother you less. Yes. Okay. Well, I think also this this goes to my point about Fate of the Furious. That movie, and we we talked about that. We thought it was a fairly weak story and a fairly weak script with a lot of weird conveniences and weird character choices. Mm. But the action scenes were so well handled, I didn't care. Mm. And so I yeah. was hoping okay, I gotcha. going into this movie that they would kind of take that same approach. If the yep. story was going to be weak, and it ended up being the story was weak, and I found the action for the most part very mediocre, so both of those things just didn't work. Sure, since 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 the the main thing they were delivering didn't work for you as much. Okay, yeah, that make, all right, that right. makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Did you all ever uh, see uh, Spy? That Melissa McCarthy movie with Jason Statham was supposedly really funny in. Mm-hmm. 
I think I've seen bits of it. Yeah. Because everyone, I mean, I heard like he was pretty funny in that, but I don't know how much of that was. Can you, he's an action guy, but he's in a comedy? <laughs> I think it does play on his machismo a lot. Like, like they right. go to, they exaggerate just how cool he is. Yeah, and I just didn't know if, if it was like they succeeded in making him funny or if people are just, anytime they see something different, they assume it's revolutionary. Yeah, maybe. I have no idea. Jim Carrey's not doing um, jokes in this. He should get an Oscar, etc. Can we get Idris Elba a better casting agent for franchise yes. films or just Hollywood in general? I he did should not be playing generic Fast and Furious bad guy yeah. number 10 or whatever. Well, I, but, the, but the thing is, I think he would be really fun. I mean, I think he was fun in this. If he had been in a, a villain in like one of the really good fast and furious movies, I think he would be even better. Yes. Yeah. And I actually talked about this when we did cats, like at the beginning of cats, I enjoyed his performance because it was <laughs> allowing him to be big and charismatic and charming mm-hmm. and like fun. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of into this. And then he ripped off his trench coat and was big and naked cat man. <laughs> And I stopped enjoying every, anything in the world. <laughs> and it was almost Christmas. No, it was after Christmas. That was the day Hope died. Um, but, I think uh, my problem is the movie doesn't give him enough to be to be super funny or charismatic. It's mostly just yeah. be threatening. And then yeah. they have a backstory can do. between yeah. him and Jason Statham. But it's all told through ex- exposition, so I don't really have any emotional connection to it. Yeah, yeah. Along with the fact that I'm still not over the fact that that Jason Statham killed Han, and we're we're just mm. moving on. There's, I, I think that this is a a generic villain, in the but like Idris Elba elevates it because he's he uses his charisma well in this, and I like when yeah. at the beginning when Jessica Kirby asks who he is, and he goes bad guy. Like I like that delivery. Yeah, um, sure. But uh, it's a very, it's a very um, MCU uh, mm. like second tier villain. Sure. Nothing. Right, <laughs> it's nothing a very on the page, um, but you like, cast a good person for it, like a Hela, yeah. or um, that's a good example. I think Hela's a good example. I, I've is, I think, a very good comparison, which is funny because Idris Elba. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the Hangul. Uh, Lee, Heimdall, who, who's Lee Pace's villain? What's his name? Ronan. Ronan yeah. is a is a good one. Um, I don't know if I. Yeah, that's probably actually also a good one. Um, Thanos, you know, he's a second tier <laughs> Marvel villain. <laughs> Th- Thanos and Guardians. I mean, on, well, uh, I was gonna say Ultron, but I don't know where he went. I I think uh, Spader. I would say Ultron is a what? I I, I think Spader's fantastic in that. I. Have thought that until we rewatch it for the podcast. So oh, I really? would say, I would say, if you get the chance, okay, <laughs> reevaluate your position. Maybe <laughs> it's um, fine. I don't think he's. I don't think Spader's bad, but I think that Ultron has many problems. Um, but I, the, to the point, I do think that's exactly where Alba falls in this. Where it's just like, okay, he's he's having fun. Yeah. You know, he, he's 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 good. He can be intimidating. He can be fun. Um, they're just not. They're just like, yep. Stick him in the script. Now he says the things. Yeah. Good. Right. Yeah, I do need him to be in, like, really good things that use him really well and not just be a name on a poster. Right. Yeah. Is it weird Who? that they have, like, a Spectre-esque organization and they're trying to build up a mysterious bad guy? There is the word 
secret tech cult or the phrase secret tech cult, yeah. which uh, I did quite like. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. Apparently, That's a phrase I'm, I'll use again. I think I'm more just upset that they didn't reveal who the bad guy was at the end of the well, movie. Well, I was hoping the re- for a big cameo. Sure. Apparently, the reason for that is they were... I, I don't know if it was the reason, but uh, Keanu Reeves was in talks to do it. Oh! But then why it didn't work out. Why do it? Well, I think I think that from if I if, if what I read is accurate and I'm interpreting it right, that Keanu may have ultimately been like, I don't think this is really gonna like, I don't think this works, like, I don't think I'm right for this or something. And which is probably fair. I would, yeah, and I trust I trust him. Uh, I also would have liked that. But. Oh, that would have been great um, because I I think that was like the idea, and then they were like, you know what, let's just save it. We'll make it so, one because that's sequel baiting, but also like we get a chance to get in somebody really yeah. cool. Apparently Ryan Reynolds recorded the voice mm. just to like have a filler voice. Cause I was watching it being like, so is Ryan Reynolds, right? Like Ryan Reynolds is the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for that. And even like what, the, the end credit scene, um, I was expecting that to be kind of the reveal. And it's like, yeah, Oh, we're same. off on another adventure and all the yeah. stuff about like, we have a history Hobbs Hobbs. We have a history. I know you Hobbs. Do you remember me? However, just imagine if, uh, at the, end of john wick chapter four or whatever he gets another like he gets like a a list of like all right we need you to kill these guys and it's vin diesel and (laughs) dwayne johnson and (laughs) that'd be pretty cool and jason and john cena will have inevitably turned good and joined their team sure (laughs) (laughs) he he just changed you really want me to okay No, 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 that's not, that's not Vin Diesel's, that's the actor, that's the, that's the, the former pro wrestler, that's John Cena. I read a thing that was like, uh, Dwayne Johnson has multiple brothers and cousins and stuff appearing in the film. This, this this is a reference to Vin Diesel's, uh, constant mentions of, quote, family in the other (laughs) movies. Sorry if you guys hear my, uh, my can on the camera here i'm uh I'm, I'm swigging some beer in the spirit of hobbs it's it's sprite this is a family podcast. <laughs> um yeah do we have much else to say um the whole time watching the third act i had severe problems of like why aren't they just calling dom and his team sure. I, I i honestly considered well, for a second that there would be a reveal where they come in and save them at the end I didn't. I, I was pretty sure that wasn't going to happen, but it did cross my mind. So this is actually one thing we should address here. Um, at the beginning of this movie, Helen Mirren is in jail, which is reasons. not where we left her off at the end of the last movie. Correct. Correct. Well, this is two years. And this is two years later, dude. She's a criminal. The, well, that's what I was going to say. Is I mean, maybe. Um, also, there's a there's a moment, and this could. Uh, it's been analyzed to death by the, you know, the Fast and Furious diehards out there. <laughs> um, there's a moment towards the end where Jason Statham says, you made me kill my brother to Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. Well, is he, is he referencing Idris Elba? I, maybe. I think he I is. I don't know. I think he is. It, I mean, that, that, that would make sense. But basically, there's that. And I think there's one more thing. Um that really calls into question when this movie takes place, because a lot of people mm. are theorizing that it takes place after F9. Uh, so or maybe even like during F9 or something. 
Or may, yeah, so something could be going on with the team at this time because Dwayne Johnson's uh, which not. I feel in... like it's probably why they don't address them at all. Yeah, I don't think Dwayne Johnson um, is in F nine. That sounds right. I'm assuming they spun these guys off because they're not going to be in. Yeah, F nine or something. Um, Weird. Yeah. Where's Luke Evans? They should have should have exactly. pulled him in or something. Well, That's what I'm saying. Maybe he's, he's maybe he's dead. <laughs> well, you so, don't know. Yeah, well, I am. I am curious about the fact that that Dwayne Johnson and, and Jason Statham aren't in F9. Apparently, um, maybe they'll they'll magically show up in the third act. Sure. Because um, Charlie's Theron <laughs> is in that movie. <laughs> they show up in the third act with a bunch of uh, Samoan. Mm-hmm. Uh, people with warriors with uh, you know battle weapons. Yeah, and Gandalf is leading them, and he's like, "Look to the light on the third day." <laughs> and Vin Diesel's like, "We can finally take Helm's Deep, <laughs> <laughs> or, or save Helm's Deep." Excuse me. And, but instead of riding horses out, they drive cars out, and they're just wrecking yes. orcs. But now we've and, now we've and Gandalf this, in a now we've made me think Gandalf's of Carl in a Urban big old white pickup, and Carl Urban in a Fast and Furious movie. Sure, that would make sense. But he only rides horses. <laughs> <laughs> I am the horse law. But it's but it's like a horse <laughs> with like a rocket strapped to its back. Yeah. Correct. Oh my god. <laughs> horse rocket. Yeah, I just I just thought the movie it it didn't it didn't feel like anybody making the movie was super excited about it. Yeah. And even what? like down to the beginning of the movie, like it feels like the movie starts off on the wrong note. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I feel like if the movie started with like a, a Bond esque cold open, because this movie it feels super far removed from Fast and Furious. It feels like it's trying to just do a Bond movie type thing for most of it until you get to the end. Yeah. Um, but if you started like with a cold open where like you have the hallway scene or whatever, and it's just like Hobbs and Shaw, they're a team now. They don't like each other, but they work together and they get the yep. job done. We started like that. That way, you could have stuff like the reveal that that Vanessa Kirby's character is Shaw's sister. You you can have that be like, oh, that's like actual. Okay, I, I feel some stakes now. Instead of, sure. we know that 20 minutes ahead of our protagonist, so I'm just waiting for the movie to just kind of start. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. A lot of movies are guilty of that. It's like, I, I, I don't sure. want to be 10 steps ahead of the protagonist. I, I want to, especially like in an action-adventure movie like this, I, I want to kind of be with them the whole time. That's the yeah. power of dramatic irony, dude. We know we're waiting. The tension is in their <laughs> re- revelation, not ours. <laughs> the tension, the tension for when he finds out that Vanessa Kirby is Shaw's sister, and he's like, "Oh, okay." It's, it's uh, Brittany, if, if I if I can use your own argument against you, this is Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a classic Oedipus situation. Now, <laughs> I did I did want to circle back to the when you said um, if this were parasite and i was very very confused about where you were going with that analogy uh <laughs> if, if this were because parasite, it sounded it like you were about to just explain how this movie would fit into the framework of parasite and uh well it would be great I'm because not sure. class warfare would take it on a totally different meaning than parasite <laughs> this is a very metaphorical gift this rocket launcher <laughs> um <sighs> I, I hesitate to say, like, people don't care about a project, because I feel like that's always a... Uh, speaking of Game of Thrones, that's always a bad uh, bad faith criticism. <laughs> um, no, no, you're, you're probably right. And, yeah, and that, that does sound very disingenuous of me to say. 
Um, my uh, my first thought would be, I feel like we address this a lot because we run into a lot of these kind of directors. Um, it's David Leach's uh, first real like blockbuster. I believe Atomic Blonde was R. I could be wrong. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, like when you end up in that situation where it's oh hey we know you just did these two r-rated movies and they did pretty well they you know people liked them uh and you got to play around like in deadpool 2 you got to do some fun stuff you got to work with charlie theron and the and atomic one uh now you're working with dwayne johnson and jason statham and you're doing a big blockbuster that's a follow-up to another big blockbuster that just made a ton of money and like that's so much to push down and i think that's why i appreciated some of the little touches i was talking about with like Oh, I can see you want to do something here. <laughs> um, and I think that that's probably where I would land on this in terms of trying to evaluate him as a director. Right. Uh, off of this movie is just like, I think it's probably, it's the first time he's really been thrown it. Because I, I mean, I assume with the Deadpool movies, more than likely Ryan Reynolds gets to do what he wants with those because they are so like profitable and liked that uh, Fox was probably just like, okay. We trust you. Do your I own mean, thing. He, he got the first one made, yeah. Exactly. Um, whereas this is so much more of like a oh, this is our 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 darling. This franchise, we, you got to do it perfectly right. You sure. can't you can't do anything that's going to be too weird. You're going to mess up the way people like it. Mm. So like, I think that's why we got a very safe sort of. There's, there's big. There's some big CGI stuff. There's some good fights, and it's got big big names, big cameos, and. Yeah. Uh, big sticks at the end. <laughs> it is a very like mainstream entertainment like. Yeah, yeah. This accessible. this does feel very much like a quintessential Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah, which is yes. fine. Nothing wrong with that. Yes. But yeah, that might be. Yeah, that that, that might be a, a way to look at it. Yeah, I don't know if they'll give if they do a sequel to this. If they'll give that to him or how that's going to go down. There was an interview recently with Dwayne Johnson where he said they were working on a sequel. So. I think Wes Anderson is so. doing it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hobbs A. Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. Starring. Oh, no. No, still them. It's still them. Uh, hello. I have a lot of guns. I have a lot of muscles. Your muscles are very big. I think I have a crush on him. Dang. Parce que je fante. Now, the real question is, is the second film literally going to be called Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw 2, or are they going to be like, no, we've got brand recognition now. We can just shorten it to two Shaw, two Hobbs. Wait, that doesn't work. That would be be so good, though. Too Fast, Too Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. (laughs) And, And it's... They let Jason Statham stay bald like Tyrese in that movie, but they give The Rock Brian's, like, beautiful, curly, blonde <laughs> hair from Too Fast, Too Furious. Yep. I want that. <laughs> Is it great time? Yeah, it's great time. Let's do it. Um, I'll go first. I... You know, I, I've been I've been very negative on the movie, and I didn't hate it. I was like I said, I was more just mm. bored by it. And I, I, something like this, I'm just like I see the potential. I see how you could be a lot more fun, and the fact that you're not is just very disappointing. 
Um, but that being said, like it's still competently made. There's there there are good moments in it. That you know, as much as we we talked about kind of the over reliance on on Dwayne Johnson, I think I still think him and Jason Statham are fun for the most part. Uh, mm-hmm. But Vanessa Kirby is the the obvious spotlight for me. Um, we didn't even talk about Isa Gonzalez, did we? She's in it for a scene, which and we I, mentioned, her, which is yeah, weird because she's like all over the advertising, like she's on the poster. Really, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds should be on there before Isaac Gonzalez. Which, what has she been in? There's something that she's baby driver. Baby driver. Yes, yes, it's like the one big thing. Yeah, which she's great at. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was, that was weird. Um, I, I'm just gonna go flat C. Um, like I said, quintessential big dumb summer blockbuster um it it, for me it didn't have much of the heart that the the previous fast and furious movies had and it some of them some of them and but it it also didn't compensate with with fun engaging uh action set pieces for the most part c c says alex i am also going c i'm landing in the same boat which is the lowest of any of these that I've given, and I don't hate that. That is like I don't hate that. That is a fact. Um, I probably would reevaluate Too Fast, Too Furious, and Fast and Furious the, the reboot. Yeah. Um, I c- I could probably knock those down, maybe one, but like, I'll I'll trust my gut on those. Um, just thinking back in terms of like trying to balance out with the rest of the franchise, but. Overall, I I feel like this is kind of like what you're saying. I mean, this, it's it's weak because it's not nearly as trying to be as dumb and crazy. It's playing a lot safer, right? Um, and just isn't as effective. I think honestly, if if this, if we'd watched this immediately after like the fourth one, I'd probably like it a lot more. But I think it's just because yeah. we had the last ones. We which got a good really, for the most part. I like I, I've had yeah. problems with all of them, but they really try and step up their game. But yeah, yeah. Britain. Uh, I'll also go see. Okay. I I, I was expecting just just from what I'd heard about it from other sources, I was expecting more. So maybe that's more about me. I I think also mm. going along with with Fate of the Furious, I was so excited by every time that Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham were on screen together. Like the whole yeah. prison riot breakout scene is yeah, that's great one of the best scenes in that movie. And it's just a shame that they weren't able to kind of pull that energy and just make that a movie, which maybe that's not something you can do. Yeah. That might be the problem is they tried to, and it just can't quite pull it off. But yeah. Anywho, someone probably could. Wes Anderson could. Um, (laughs) Are we doing, give us F9. Do it now. What did you say? Britain? Are we doing doing power rankings? rankings? Universal, you've already hurt the the the, the uh, movie theater chain's feelings. Just give it to us. Just, just <laughs> cut your losses. Give me F nine. No, just burn burned them. Burned the theaters. Just be like, no, fine. You're gonna be like this. We're gonna do it. And just release F nine digitally. Release the F nine streaming platform. You pay ten bucks a month and you get to watch F nine. <laughs> But you're locked into a 12-month contract. Correct. <laughs> Come watch it. And you get to watch it once a month. And you can't pause it or rewind or anything. 
so that, that's how they get you. You gotta you, you have to make sure you catch the whole thing. Otherwise, the audio play, track is also in French. It plays at three in the morning <laughs> on ESPN the Ocho. <laughs> you can only see it if you have a subscription. Oh my god. Um. Anyway, <laughs> power rankings. Oh, are, are we ranking the series? Yes. Is that, is that what we're doing? So, uh, for the ter- for for the the sake of of making this more organized than our power rankings for James Bond, should I try and have this by by like the number? So if I say like Fast Five was was Tyler's favorite movie, I just go number five. Sure. So instead of saying Hobbs and Shaw, it's just say number. Oh yeah, nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds good. Which I know is, is confusing, we but we aren't at well, nine, so we, don't well, add. Don't add. You can say say Hobbs and Shaw, and then do the other numbers. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That sounds good. Eight point five. All right. Well, who's 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 going first? Who's got it? Who's got it? Uh, Britain. We'll, Alex. We'll, we'll start. Alex goes first because of the alphabet. Okay, I'll go go first. Okay. A, B, no C, pressure. B. All right. Uh, n- number five was was my favorite. I'm working backwards. Number five was my favorite. Uh, this is this is very difficult. Good content. <laughs> Great content. Um, <laughs> we don't we don't have to do this. I just assumed we were doing it because we if we did it for the twenty five film franchise of Bond. But the problem is, I took <laughs> in the effort to actually write those down in order okay, for everyone, and this one I did not. <laughs> my let's just my favorite was Furious Seven. That's where we'll we'll go. My favorite Furious Seven. Okay, my favorite was was Fast Five. Tyler, what was your favorite? I've got I've got mine. Mine was Fast Five, and then I can I can say mine real quick. I've got it pulled up from a message from you. Oh, okay. Ah. <laughs> it's easily readable. Um, I was gonna say mine. My top one was at five. Sure, I gave it an A minus, and then um, the Fast and Furious and uh, F eight. I gave both of the or no sorry, um, F seven. I gave both of those both of those a B plus. And what did I give F eight? B. B. Yeah, so that would be my next. Um followed by a, a three way tie for uh, f- Tokyo Drift. <laughs> um Fast and Furious and Fast and Furious Six and then uh Too Fast Too Furious with Hobbs and Shaw bringing up the, the rear there. Yeah, I'm not doing that. So my favorite was Fast Fair. Five, and my least favorite, it's a tie between uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, and Fast and Furious. We're the fourth one now. What was my lowest? Did you get both of those C minus? Yes. Okay. I don't know which one I think is... I'd, I'd probably rather watch Too Fast, Too Furious, if I'm being honest. That that fourth yeah. movie is just so earnest. <laughs> yeah. Sincerity is scary. What's my lowest? <laughs> when it lacks charm it can't no, be no i know i know i was just referencing the song was what was it my lowest star? was it was it all star are we pulling it back around no it wasn't it just was... I, for the fifth time what was my lowest <laughs> <laughs> so sorry britain what are you asking ah, i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry i mentioned power rankings Uh, Britain's favorite was was Furious Seven. Uh, what's what's technically? <laughs> I think Tokyo Drift was was your least favorite. <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. Which is interesting. I buy that. Yeah, because I think four is the one I remember the least. Yeah. 
Yeah. See, the problem is also in between these on the score sheet, I've got Terminator Dark Fate, and I'm looking at that, and oh. it's just throwing everything off. Well, that is my least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> least favorite Fast and Furious movie. But yeah, Fast and Furious. Um, I, I I didn't hate it. I think ultimately it was a good decision to do these movies. So I yeah, definitely I, I'm I know what I'm talking these. about. So it wasn't so much a um, deal with the devil. And I think I the, was the devil in this scenario because we had to watch all the correct. Bond movies to get here. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I will say the Hobbs and Shaw maybe the best contribution it had for this podcast was the fact that it convinced. I I think watching the trailer for that was where I was finally like, all right. We have to do these movies, and that was what uh, made me rope you into doing it. Which is yeah, funny because I, I visibly was rolling my eyes when I saw that trailer. <laughs> was it was it Hobbs um, and Char? Or was it the 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 car going between the the towers in Seven? That was the one where I was like, "We're gonna we're gonna get to that. We're gonna do that someday." <laughs> oh, okay. And then Hobbs gotcha. and Shaw was where I was like, "It's time. <laughs> gotcha. I've waited long enough." Um. I do want to point out, uh, which is interesting, I was thinking about this the other day, that this uh, is the end of a, I don't know how many movies we've we've done between now and then, um, but like a, uh, I feel like a two year and a half, one year and a half, one year and a half journey, starting with um, Godfather, this is actually back in, I was looking up when we released this, back in November of 2018, um, and so this was before Brenton had joined back up with our with our merry ranks um we did godfather which i think the first two are like 90 19 words 1961 or 70 71 are they in the 70s yeah they're not in the 60s i don't the think. godfather okay yeah so. those are the 70s okay no that's not as i thought we did whichever was older out of godfather and um Man with no name trilogy first. Mm. Either way, my point is that we went we went back to that era and have worked our way up with a couple of Twilights and Pitch Perfects and Santa Claus <laughs> mixed in there and all our catch up movies. Bone Tomahawk. Um, <laughs> Bone Tomahawk. Um, <laughs> but we we went all the way back to there. Went through the James Bond movies. Jumped over to Indiana Jones in the middle of the James Bond movies to catch about that that time and. Then those ended. 2002 was the last one yep. of that that run we did, and then jumped to 2000 to do the rest of the 2000 or 1999 for Fast and Furious. 2001 to 2019. 2001. Okay, yeah, that's so true. We we have brought ourselves all the way back up to the modern day, and this is obviously the most modern movie we have yeah. reviewed on this podcast so far. That's true. Which is why next we're going to be think, reviewing the Lumiere Brothers. A train arrives at the station. What's the one I'm missing? I see you looking. You're concerned, missing Alex. two right there that that are, are came out later. Terminator: Dark Fate and Cats. <laughs> Cats doesn't count. Cats totally counts. <laughs> in terms of franchise movies, no. But in terms of movies, my point is we've we've been on this this slow yeah. Rise through the ranks of blockbusters and franchises for quite a while here. Yeah. Um, this is like that have. history of dance video that people love so much. Yeah, it's the same thing basically. Alex um, is the cha cha cha. It's just like fifty hours instead of you know twenty. It's fine. Twenty <laughs> minutes. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Oofa doofa. Well, with that said, Tyler, 
we've been to so many different places and so many times. Where are we going next? We're going to Andy's bedroom. <laughs> that sounds... <laughs> I... <laughs> Did I use the Ryan Reynolds voice? I feel like that really would have sold I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> no, we are reviewing Toy Story. Um, yes, we are, uh, we are, we are finally breaking... breaking the seal. <laughs> the animation seal of quality? Um, to, to bring you the Toy Story franchise... Um, not sure long-term plans in terms of what we'll do with other animated franchises. I don't know that there's many that we're that interested in, but there are probably a couple we'll tackle. Um, yeah, I feel like it goes, I feel the like the spectrum is ones we definitely want to do, and I don't know about that one. <laughs> there's not a lot of <laughs> mid-range. Yes. Yeah, I think there's like, there's a, a top tier, we gotta get those, there's a, a second tier, and then there's the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the which we the rest of them probably means things we won't do like ice age or oh yeah i don't know madagascar madagascar <laughs> yeah um but these are critically acclaimed movies we want to talk about them i think they're they're near and dear to all of us so mm-hmm. that will be next week starting next week um then uh in the the road to episode 200 we'll be tackling uh the blade trilogy actually jumping into that um, which I think has been our most requested franchise of the it's been very our few only times. requested. <laughs> any, yeah, basically, like well, any, that and uh, Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks has also been requested. Sure, <laughs> by Alex. No, um, by Catherine, our one letter writer. Sure, sure. Yeah, by Alex. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we uh, so we'll be doing that. Um, kind of inspired by the fact that eventually the MCU is going to be releasing a Blade movie. I don't know when that's coming. I thought you were going to say um, inspired by the fact that we just watched this lovely set of children's films. We're going to Blade. <laughs> yes, good tone shift. Good tone shift. Um, and then for our big uh, 200th episode, we're going to be talking about Rise of Skywalker, the big one. It's all it's our, all built our, up. Our boys to this with moment. the laser swords. It's all yeah. built up. It's all come to this. This is the end of the Here Come the Sequel saga. Every single <laughs> plot thread, everything this is that's phase ever one, two, been and three. mentioned, will 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 be brought to a cohesive and satisfying the, end. The post 200th episode will be phase four when we start reviewing the mandalorian <laughs> <laughs> no yeah no no we're, we're gonna we're gonna review individual simpsons episodes until the end of time <laughs> that's that's phase four right that, that up there. Of the, that's the end of the sequels when william howard taft finally meets the santa buddies <laughs> <sighs> has anybody was, played taft like sure. has there been a big Taft biopic? Actually, Alex, you look that up. <laughs> I've been looking up stuff. <laughs> I, I, I will. I, yeah, has President Taft be- ever been played by anyone? <laughs> okay, well, it says as laughing voice in Titanic movie. <laughs> I thought you were going to say as the Titanic. <laughs> Wait, oh. I got one. I actually got one. Alex, I got one. Oh my god, what oh did you get? Oh my god! I think... Oh. Oh, wait. <laughs> this we're, all in, we're on high suspense over here. This is called The Best of Times. It is a 1986 okay. American comedy drama film by Roger Spottiswood, who made a James Bond. <laughs> who made but, Tomorrow and Never Dies. Sure. Tyler's you, yeah. maybe favorite Bond movie? I don't know. 
And it stars a pair of best friends attempting to relive a high school football game. And I think Taft is one of the high schools. (laughs) But the reason this is notable... Taft is apparently in the golf movie starring Shia LaBeouf, The Greatest Game Ever Played. Okay, who plays and him? who plays him? I don't know. That's this is. I found an article. I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> is find it a prof- it. is it a professional Taft impersonator? <laughs> trying. <laughs> well, real quick, the best Alex, of times. Why are you wearing that fat suit? Oh, the best of times stars Robin Williams and Kurt Russell. I'm very upset that neither of them are playing Taft. I know. Can you imagine? Gosh. I want to see the two of them Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell as Taft is how we get him his Oscar. Um, I don't know if he doesn't have an Oscar already. I really know nothing about the Oscars, but uh, that's this the is, move. He does not. He has never been nominated. Um, William Howard Taft. I'm going to check out his IMDb page here because he has one. <laughs> oh, he was. He acted as himself in a short called "The President's Pardon." <laughs> This is very good. Somebody told <laughs> He was played by an actor called Walter Macy, and it looks like he's just a small actor. Like I, I he well, like a little boy. Well, I like hope a, not. He's playing Taft, like uh, Matt Damon and Downsizing. Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> he hasn't been in a whole lot, or at least big stuff. So, well, I guess, guys, it's time to make a William Howard Taft movie. I found a Facebook profile for Macy Walter. <laughs> Guys, it really seems like there's not a lot of information about Taft on the internet. What are they trying to hide, huh? <laughs> Follow the money. <laughs> he did the Titanic. Um, Taft v. Titanic. Yeah. The untold story. <laughs> no, it's it's Taft v. Titanic, Dawn of Justice. Exactly. Just so. And he's played by Kurt Russell. Wins an Oscar. Um, beats Titanic's box office and oh, yeah. makes James Cameron cry. Directed by Todd Phillips. Because it's so good. Yes. Not not cry because it broke it broke the record. I mean, Titanic doesn't have a record anymore, but like, he ju- it's just so moving. Exactly. There's a and not just the part where the Titanic moves under the ocean because Taft sunk it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. You can find us through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can give us a look up there. Yeah. Hey, before we go, I, I meant to mention this before we started the episode, and then we were talking about other stuff, and I just forgot um, I really hate to end the episode on a downer, but I did want to mention this. Um, so I woke up this morning to some really distressing news that the great actor Irfan Khan passed mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just I just love Irfan. I, I think he's just an amazing performer, and he's been in a few ep- movies that we've done, Jurassic World, yes. and I wasn't here for the Amazing Spider-Man, but he was in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I mean I don't. This is normally where I would like recommend a specific movie and i don't i haven't sadly seen him in enough to like i don't know i really like him in inferno but i mean he was 53 and it's just it just really like broke my heart and and, and i mean that literally like i just think he's such a brilliant performer and just i mean 
look him up, you know, find him and, and, and find watch something. him in something. He is, he sadly was just such an extraordinary, he was in Life of Pi, he was so beautiful in that, and mm-hmm. Slumdog Millionaire, and I really enjoyed him in Jurassic World and Inferno, which is another franchise that I'm realizing exists <laughs> just now. Um, yeah, so again, I'm sorry to kind of shoehorn that in there, but like, I didn't want to not mention it when like, it is just, sure. what a, what a real and honest treasure and prolific. He was in like 130 movies or something between here and <sighs> India. I mean, the guy was like always moving, just a real, a real gift. So yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there that my little, my little mention of uh, an actor I really loved to see. Um, but on, on a happier note, we are going to be watching Toy Story soon, which I think we're all yes. going to have a lot of fun doing. I think that'll be a really great time. I think we're all, yeah, I think we're all excited. Um, sorry, I'm thinking about the, <laughs> I'm thinking about the Andy's bedroom thing. <laughs> it's rare for Tyler to make the ribald joke. <laughs> I'm proud of that. Um, well, good. Should I be? I don't know. The, uh, I think that is all we've got for this, uh, this, this podcast. Yeah. Hobbs and Shaw presented by Fast and Furious. Um, a Star Wars story. I don't know. <laughs> Alex, you got anything? Any? <laughs> just, just, you know. You know just, anything you want to say? Recipes, yeah. movie pitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week. I've been Britain. Mm-hmm. Sorry I said that like a witch. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Tyler. <laughs> and I'm Alex. And uh let's let's just forget that Andy's bedroom thing ever happened. <laughs> Andy's boot room. <laughs> See now it just made what? it worse. I'm ending this now. <laughs> Happy Halloween.